In this episode, we discuss the film Blue is the Warmest Color, a film which won the Palme d'Or, a film which we all very much enjoyed, a film which the during the production of the director may have committed a sex crime. I don't know. Allegedly. We, we, we talk about it. Uh, so check it out. It's on Netflix. You can find it really easily. Check it out, you guys. Very, like, very serious, realistic film. So I kind of feel weird, like, joking about it, right? I don't know. No, yeah. make jokes about it if you have funny jokes. Yeah, if they're funny. Mostly just oh. just anti-gay humor. I'll, I'll stick to that. Yeah, just don't force it. And don't say anything offensive that you don't actually want to go out. Yeah. <laughs> so that maybe someone will hear. Yeah, if you don't want to. <laughs> well, it's such a slippery slope. With Like, it's so easy to to like see a fence or to like fuck up a joke or something. And then it makes it seem like you're like a racist or something. Or a sexist. Well, that's why uh, you just make that decision. Yeah, racist or sexist joke. Just don't tell it. <laughs> okay. Okay. But you remember the Colbert stuff, right? You guys follow that. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. Which that it's so stupid. He's been doing Ching Chong Ding Dong for years and years. <laughs> that goes way back. But then that just one thing just blew up on Twitter and just, but it's like, is it okay to do that? Like, is it okay to do, like? Can, can can I put on some blackface to like satirize like um, white people's um, satirize I mean? wearing blackface? Well, no, Absolutely. yeah, like satirize like like the oppression of like black people. Can I do that? Is that okay? Well, it's for with. satire. It's satirical. Billy Crystal did that like sincerely, like a couple yep. years ago at the Oscars. <laughs> well, there was that whole James Gunn debacle, and like he was joking. Oh, I love James Gunn debacle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of people were really going after him it's like this wasn't serious at all okay well i think he was the fuck are you drinking (laughs) water out of a goblet (laughs) an orange goblet yes orange what is the james controversy i'm not aware of it Um, also all right you guys want to go back go back to the uh movie now let's talk about social justice let's not uh adele which means justice Cisgender. Yeah, you got it, Matt. You got it. Let's reel this in, guys. Let's reel this in. All right. So, I recorded all I'm that. Matt. I'm Matt. <laughs> all right, guys, quiet down. I'm Matt. I'm Matt. I'm Matt. Welcome to Hey, let's talk about that movie or whatever. The only podcast on the internet where people talk about movies. So hey, let's talk about this movie or whatever. Alright, I'm Matt. <laughs> I'm Logan. And I'm Dylan. I'm cute, but I'm no Brad Pitt. And this week's pick was mine. And if I can, uh, before we get started, just explain why I chose this film. It was because a week ago when it came time for me to select which movie we would watch next, uh, Logan asked me what movie it was. And I uh, did not use the previous week that I had to decide on a movie to decide on one. (laughs) And I just blurted out the first movie that popped into my head, which may have partially been because the last movie we just finished doing had the word blue in it. I don't know. Most likely. Wait, what did we watch this week? What did you watch? Computer Beach Party? 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Blue Turtles. I'm going to keep bringing up Computer Beach Party on this podcast until we have to watch it. Which is next week. And I... (laughs) I hear there's... Keeping polish shit. (laughs) I hear there's a really long sex scene in Computer Beach Party. Several. All right, I'm in. It's only like 40 minutes long. It's 50 minutes long. The sex scene is uh, 51 minutes long. (laughs) Somehow longer than the film. You have to download the extra minute online. Yeah, you got to go to computerbeachparty.com. Uh, this movie came out in 1987. It was very progressive. See what was too hot for theaters. Exactly. Speaking of what's too hot for theaters, how about this movie? Let's talk about this thing. It's literally it, too hot for theaters. It is a coming-of-age tale, which uh, follows a young lady, a young French lady. Would you call her an Adele. ingenue? I call her an ingenue. All right, there's a young ingenue. Wait, that's not accurate. I know what that word means. <laughs> yeah, it's like a naive young girl. She's coming of age. Her age is about to come. Maybe I don't know what that word means. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's a young engineer. Uh, there's a young French lady who is 15 at the beginning of the film. A junior in high school. A junior in high school. Yes, that's right, Logan. And it uh, <laughs> it follows her through her sexual awakening uh, that happens in her teen years through a little bit later in her life. And uh, it is based on a graphic novel uh, called Blue is the Warmest Color, which I have read. Uh, this movie, though, was actually apparently Abdelatif Kashish had like a project in mind that he thought he would like to do this story that just like followed a teacher through her uh, private and professional life. And then he just sort of happened upon the, the graphic novel blue is the warmest color. And there's like a panel where you see that she's a teacher. And so he's like, Oh, I'll just kind of shoehorn my thing into this other thing. And that's what he did which may have contributed to why the movie is three hours long. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to try not to talk about the graphic novel too much because this is not a book review podcast, but I may bring it up a few times just to point out differences. Books are like movies that you read, so it could be. And movies are like books that you read because this was all subtitled. That it was. Yeah, that's true. I wish it didn't have it, though. It was kind of distracting. I kind of just, you know, really wanted to get into the actual performances, but I was, you know, distracted by all the words. Yeah, I know. So commercial. I yes. know it's good. <laughs> you have to read. I'm sorry so, for derailing this. We can still keep going. <laughs> sorry. That's fine. Just be funnier. <laughs> no no promises. Your timing. <laughs> That's um last week uh, when I was... It's kind of sifting through our audio clips. I didn't mind the digressions and weird tangents we went off on. I just minded the ones that were really unfunny. <laughs> and there were a lot. And that's the other thing that really bugged me is I laugh too much because I'm like a social laugher. That I say stuff like, oh, time to go to the store now. <laughs> you know how that is. <laughs> so, uh. Did you guys have anything you wanted to say about the film before we launch into the discussion of it? This movie is really long. (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel the need to reiterate that. Sorry, you guys. It's it's about three hours long. It's like it is like a Lord of the Rings uncut film. It is almost twice as long as the last movie. With quadruple the action and half the eroticism. Uh, again, I'm sorry. There's a few reasons that I probably wouldn't have picked this if uh, I had known more about it. Uh, or if Logan had just uh, given me two weeks to decide on a movie instead of one. <laughs> I'm just impressed that we're tackling for our second film um, a very dense, like erotic French coming-of-age tale. I actually like that, too. Uh, it's, it's a movie, so we'll talk about it. I would call it it's... a film. It's a movie. I would too, actually. It's. Why are you so disrespectful, Logan? It's a talkie. It is a talkie. We should make sure to outline that. It's in color. It's a talkie. It's a talkie. It's got blue yeah. in it. And then we'll have to do a silent film at some point. Sure. Ooh. I know. I, I actually do have a silent film in mind that I would watch. The artist. Which one? <laughs> well, I would think about the man who laughs. Because that's uh, that's something that looks really cool. Uh, also, Nosferatu. Also, like uh, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Is that silent? I don't know. I think it is. Yeah, it is silent. Yeah, I mean, those are three movies like for silent films that are pretty cool. If you really wanted to do a silent film, I would do. Those all look really cool to me. I would do Metropolis because it's also super long. <laughs> which version? What do you mean, which version? There's like fifty different which, cuts of it. Which cut? Yeah. Okay, I thought there was like a remake for a second. Well, I thought there was like an anime remake or something too. Uh, I think you're right, but I mean, it's not like I don't think that's silent. It's not, but and also it doesn't count. Do you guys ever watch movies without the sound on to just get like the actors' like physical performances? No, it's pretty yeah. funny. Did you do that for seven minutes during this last movie? <laughs> that's all. Oh, it felt so much longer. It did. It felt. Yeah, that that scene. There's there's a ten minute sex scene in this movie. Well, seven minute, but it felt like t- at least ten. That's what a lot of people reported there being a ten minute sex scene in it, and I wondered if that was just what it felt like to them, or <laughs> if that was because there was originally, like it was originally longer. Well, I think everyone said ten minutes, so they kind of round up to the nearest thing, like nearest like five minute mark. But it did feel like ten minutes, like. Because I, I watched the scene. I'm like, holy crap, this is really long. It's like that's at least ten minutes. So I had to go back and like see where the scene started and ended and look at the timestamps. Like, no, it's seven or eight minutes, not All quite right. ten. So uh, let's launch into the uh, nitty gritty. Ugh, hate that phrase. Cut that out. Let's launch into the uh, the meat of this film. The meat. Ugh, I don't like the phrase launch into the meat either. I don't like nitty gritty. Especially with like the films. <laughs> All right, let's, Very... <laughs> let's dive into the muff of this movie. <laughs> let's put our paws in the kitty of this film. All right. They're going somewhere with this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... The film uh, starts with Adele, who in the graphic novel, her name was Clementine and Abdel Latif uh, 
supposedly he just changed her name to the actress's name Adele because he liked the fact that Adele means justice in Arabic. That's all. Yeah, there was a, so, there was a, there's a lot of like racial undertones to this movie that I did not expect. I hear that there are a lot of um uh, uh Arabic people who uh have migrated into France. Well, yeah, it, it, it's uh I mean they colonized uh like Morocco and that region for at least 100 or 2 years. So there's definitely a lot of tensions there. The film starts out with Adele uh coming out of her house, 15-year-old Adele uh late for the bus and kind of missing it and then she goes to school where they are talking about um boys <laughs> well before that they're in class talking about is anybody familiar with this book that they were covering the life of Marino? no i want to see if that any like i'm sure it has significance somehow life of mary ann yeah Something that one of the opening lines oh. was, I'm a woman and this is my story, or something to that effect. I'm looking at the part where they're reading right now. Ideas take hold of me. I am a woman. I tell my story. Consider my words. See how little I misuse the privileges this gives me. Start over from I am a woman, but first to yourself. I am a woman is a truth. Understand, Zaida? Hey, I just came up with a better way to watch this movie. <laughs> a better way to discuss this movie. Let's just read the subtitles and stay here for three hours. Yeah, let's okay, not do that. I'll play both of the main characters. All right, so they're talking about boys. <laughs> what opens <laughs> about, yeah, it opens up and talking about the book and it starts going to boys and how. Well, first of all, this is, it really is important when they're talking about the book. Yes, it is. Because that kind of sets up the whole thing with her Adele and Emma, where they mention something about uh, Marielle, I think, looking back at someone. Right. And what and that the... means when you look back. Yes. And the, the one of the boys in the class said, it's about regret. Regret about not feeling the emptiness in your heart, if I recall correctly. Yeah, pretty much the entire first twenty minutes of this is um, telling is telling us telling the audience that uh, oh hey she um, this girl is stuck between uh, childish immaturity and adulthood and she doesn't know how to reach the next step. That's most of the first half an hour of this film. Uh, and I think the way that they're talking about the book kind of introduces you to what this story is when it says um, the like the first thing it says is. Um, uh, I may I may digress in my story. It's impossible not to. I am a woman, and continues on from there. Yeah. So cafeteria. They go to the cafeteria. The girls are all talking about boys. And there's this guy who keeps on looking back at Adele. And uh, it kind of seems like she thinks he's cute, like she's kind of interested, but. More so, the other girls are kind of pressuring her into it and talking up how cute he is. And... Which is, I feel like that's very realistic for a high school thing. That's almost always how that happens. It's almost like the two groups like force this thing that maybe has like a tiny spark, but is mostly just like 
two groups of people pushing um, two people together. I feel like that happens all the time. So I found this very genuine. Yeah, totally. Particularly for a young girl who may not be inherently attracted to guys. Well, we'll talk about that. I don't think the film... I think it's kind of ambiguous about her sexual preferences. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that discussion. All right, so um, then it uh, goes on from school. She goes home and eats with her parents, um, which they apparently only eat spaghetti in her house. Yeah, spaghetti's a big thing in this film. Everybody loves spaghetti. Uh, which is a metaphor for really uh, spindly wieners that you shovel in your mouth. Wormy little wee wees. Yep, that's uh, that's 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 heteronormativism right there. I think it is actually. Um, well, first of all, they actually do eat spaghetti bolognese <laughs> in uh, the graphic novel okay. uh, with her parents. But I feel like um, Kashish thinks of that as like a very working class thing, because I read an interview and he said something about working class people eating spaghetti it's like is all right it, is that a french thing is that like is that like the the meal of the blue collar i don't know that's what i wondered about i know it's a cheap thing like if you have to feed a big family that's always a good thing to go to i mean it's definitely used to contrast uh later when she meets emma's family i mean that's like you could have yeah. a whole podcast on that yeah yeah um, we'll get to that yeah but I, I love how disgusting it is i love how it's all close up they're just slop, slurping down just the spaghetti, slobbing it on her fifteen-year-old mouth, <laughs> and she's and she's eating it up. She is a uh, voracious, as Emma calls her later. She's yeah. just she she has all this pent up like fifteen-year-old girl emotions, and she seems to at the beginning of the movie get it out by eating a lot. Yeah, but let's move past the spaghetti now. Yeah, let's. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to bring up uh, when it shows her in her room. There is a picture that she has on the wall behind her of the New York skyline, like pre nine eleven. Yeah, with the uh, twin towers, the World Trade Center, still standing there. Which, to to me, that was like this is the skyline of the place you know she thinks she's going to before the shit goes down. Is that how you guys took that? I didn't even notice it. Oh. Yeah. I was well, I mean, fixated on like trying to nail down the timeline of this movie, so I, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that makes complete sense, actually. That was obviously a very distinct choice, and it was a pretty recent movie. So, yeah. Anyway, just wanted to bring it up. And then there's plenty of shots of her ass while she's sleeping. Yeah. Everyone's ass. Like, every girl's butt. Um, butts, butts all around. Which may have actually been in between uh, uh, takes while she was napping. I'm <laughs> unclear. So the next day, she makes it on the bus, just barely, and then the uh, the boy that she either liked or was being pushed into liking uh, kind of gets to the bus just after her, and they get on, they start talking about how he's a musician. He's asking about what kind of stuff you're interested in. She says she's into everything except, like, uh, hard rock. Yeah. And he says, oh, that's what I'm into. Uh, which he was apparently just messing with her about. Hard to tell. It's hard to tell if he was like just trying to laugh it off or not. Yeah, she said she, uh, she kept saying that she associates that with long hair and screaming. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I associated with that too. To be fair, I really, I really, I really identify with her character and my hatred of metal music. Sorry, Logan. I'm not even a big metal guy. I barely listen to any metal. Okay. Meaning you listen to a lot of metal, but you turn it down really low. No, I only <laughs> listen to like two or three ban- metal bands that I really get into. But that's three, two or three more than I've ever listened to in my life. <laughs> I'll send you some. You might like them. I didn't ask for that. Well, we'll talk about it later on Metalcast. Right. Yeah, that's and smart. Also, uh, note to self: think of a better name for that podcast. So, um, basically, anyways, they decide that they are going to go see a movie and go hang out in the afternoon. And she goes back home and you notice she's kind of made herself up. She's like wearing dangly earrings, which are tinted with a blue hue (laughs) at the movies when the uh, guy kind of tries to make a move and she rebuffs him a little. Yeah, this entire thing just seems like this entire relationship with this boy just seems like something she's doing because it seems like she should be doing that. Like society's telling her to do that. Well, no, she seemed to actually like him, like like talk, so? enjoy talking to him. Yeah, while they're in the bus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just because you like somebody doesn't mean that you are sexually attracted to them. Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't see that. I felt like their conversation was like very like very base it was very like the first thing he asked her about is the weather like that's his opening line and that's like i was rolling my eyes and i mean he was he was it, i don't know it felt really re- very realistic in that they're both kind of feeling each other out and trying to like start with basic stuff but it just seemed like she was bored the whole time he talked i don't know no it seemed like she was into it she was trying to save face with that like metal music thing too the hard rock thing she's like oh i'm sure the stuff you like is better <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I, I guess I mean mostly like when the when they talk about like literature and stuff. So I think that's when she realizes, oh, this guy's like not really, this guy's kind of dumb. Also, teenagers talking to each other uh, is awkward anyway. That's true. As an adult, I never am awkward in my talking with other humans. Um, <laughs> and I, I. I... I can't remember. I think actually it was on the way to meet him that she first saw Emma. Yes. Oh, on yeah. the way to meet them? On the way to meet... Uh, I forgot his name, but it's... I don't think it's con- It's inconsequential. He's not in the movie very long. But on <laughs> Spoilers. the way... <laughs> Spoilers. But on the way to meet him, she sees a blue-haired girl and another girl, like, like, Which is a yeah. long, long shot. There's a guy playing a steel drum, really setting the scene for this magical little moment. But they're walking across the street, and as they pa- after they pass by each other, they both look back. Yeah. Specifically, the blue-haired girl is what she's what who she's looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Blue-haired yes, girl and her, they both look back. She's immediately uh, infatuated with her at first Freaky. sight. I would call it a certain so, je ne sais quoi. So they have what looks like legitimately a good time, her and the guy, that afternoon. And then she goes home, and she's in bed, and she starts having, like, I assume that some of this is like uh, a dream or just capturing what she's feeling and that she's not actually in her sleep just groping herself. <laughs> like fantasizing about it no i assumed she was like not even asleep just groping herself well that's what i thought at first but then at a certain point it seemed like she woke up surprised 
I think she was just kind of tired and out of it and started going at it. It was very Black Swan. <laughs> uh, back to the, <laughs> when, when she's getting food with a guy, though, the guy, uh, the boy, really suggests, like, oh, do you want to get, like, a crepe or, like, a croissant or just very French, like, little, like, early <laughs> things? And then she's like, no, I want I want a gyro. You know, I'm, and then they just both chow down on the gyro. It just further illustrates, like, how out of place she feels and how she's she got is. this, like, she's got this, like, all of this passion that's, like, she doesn't really have for it. Yeah, voracious, exactly. Also, their euros look like garbage there. <laughs> I would think they would be better, but they look not as good. I don't think I don't think anything looks that good, like that close up. Like every shot of someone eating food is like very close. <laughs> Just shoveling food directly into their mouth. Exactly. Which is filling the, the frame. Yeah. I, did you guys see this movie in 3D? I see every movie in 3D. Yes, that's technically it's, true. He needs to get his eyes checked. <laughs> So anyway, she has a fantasy that night about the blue haired girl that uh, she is m- making the loves with her, <laughs> which is the most awkward way I could say that. No, it's not. Yeah, there's plenty of more awkward ways. All right. New segment. Yeah. Let's think of awkward ways to talk about sex. Hey, let's not. Let's keep on moving. <laughs> ah, with this fuck, thing. I was All about right. to launch into it. <laughs> no problem. Luke. Let's go get me boobs. <laughs> The old booby touching. I'm in a... All right, I'm done with that. All right, let's okay. keep on going. All right, so Jesus. she uh, kind of is fantasizing about the blue-haired girl masturbating, maybe, sort of? No, the blue-haired and... girl's not... She's not fantasizing about the blue-haired girl masturbating. She's fantasizing no, about the blue-haired girl. No, that was girl. fantasizing about... All right, cut all that out. Stop <laughs> fucking with me. <laughs> All right, so Adele has a very sexually charged fantasy about the blue-haired girl visiting her that evening and the things that they do together in her bed. (laughs) Cut that out, too. (laughs) Don't really. And uh, so she kind of comes out of it looking shocked and, you know, realizing, hey, what am I doing? (laughs) Fantasizing about a lady. And she goes to school the next day and the first thing mentioned, the other girls uh, s- say that she smells yeah, they smell like sex. Fuck. Yeah, smells yeah. sex. The, and they say this multiple times that they can tell that she had sex from the smell. Is this because French people don't bathe? Most likely. So <laughs> that you, you can just smell whatever the person did the day before? <laughs> That's how they communicate. Pheromones. Okay. Yeah, they're like I, I thought so. I just wanted to check. Hence all the butts. Hence all the butt sniffing. It's a French thing. So they tease her about that, and they uh, smell that she masturbated the night before. <laughs> so the girls uh, tease her about that. Yep, that's what they do. And uh, so then she decides to fuck that guy to prove she's not gay basically that's exactly yeah. what happens <laughs> yeah that's and it seems like she's enjoying it during then like they both afterwards she seems like very disappointed and yeah unfulfilled. and it's it's pretty obvious that she kind of didn't really want to do that well i think she, she just i think she wanted to but then she's like wow this wasn't very good <laughs> Yeah, it's not a desire that came from within her. It's something that she decided she should do. Well, that was decided for her, right? Like, I think you can contrast the like childish, immature 
fake sexuality of like all of her friends have this like very high school view of like being an adult with um, when she meets Emma later. I can see that. Yeah, so she has sex with this dude, and then she breaks up with this dude. Yeah. Also, uh, that guy's dick was hard in that scene, right? Uh, I wasn't looking. I think so. I don't know. That's uh, something. Sense. That's something. If it was his real penis, it might have been a double. I didn't read online that all the gent- gentles were fake. Yep. <laughs> that's uh, that's usually something you don't see in movies. That well, I guess that's part of the reason why it was NC seventeen. This is my first NC seventeen movie, by the way. I don't think I've ever seen. Do we? I've never seen. I mean, how many are there? There's there's like none of that. There's like ten ever. Um. I remember uh, trying to get a hold of them back when, um, you know, blockbusters existed and blockbuster didn't carry anything that was NC-17. So you had to kind of figure ways around that. How would you see an NC-17 film before the Internet? You wouldn't. That's what killed them for the most part. I think no, they had I some, saw some of them. I think they had some like I said like again, but they will. I'll cut that out. I'm, <laughs> Every time you say like, stop and go, fuck, I said like again. That's so yourself in the face. Yeah, that'll (laughs) stop me from saying it. But I believe they had like midnight showings. For NC-17 films, they showed them late at night, if I recall. I think that's what they did. They weren't shown like at at normal times. In some places, like they used to have... um... I think rated X used to be the thing like in the long time ago days for movies that were dirty, but you know, had artistic merit. Yeah. Yeah. NC 17 films weren't really in my purview. Your perv you. Yeah, you got it. So she tells the guy, uh, she breaks up with him and says that uh, it's just missing something that she's missing something. Uh, also, they break up on a very blue bench, and her yep. pants are very blue. So then her friend's like, I'm going to take you to a gay bar. <laughs> also, before that, um, she cry eats in her bed, uh, and then they go to that the protest scene, and that's like, she's yes. revolting against yeah. the... This, yeah. For more pay for teachers or something similar? That's what it looked like? Who cares? About more funding for education? Well, it... it <laughs> I think it matters because she wanted to be... It was, it was union socialist activity. Mm-hmm. Also, the uh, beer of choice for French teenagers is uh, Corona. I didn't know that. I did not. No? They love the Corona. Maybe it's exotic to them, the same way like a Stella would be exotic to us, but, you know, to like a French person, it's like their Bud Light. I always thought the beer of choice for teenagers is whatever they can get their hands on. <laughs> well, that's what French kids can get their hands on, apparently. They can get their hands on a lot of stuff, I'm assuming. Uh, and the when she's marching with the, uh, the protesters, I actually looked that song up that was playing. That's the official song of the uh, French Communist Party. Hmm. I just had to look it up because that song got me really fired up. Like I wanted to go riot. Yeah, there's actually, a reason. I actually had to pause the movie at that point, and I couldn't start playing it again until I had set fire to a few cars in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, I punched uh, some people in top hats uh, before this before this podcast just to get out of my system. Oh, that's got to feel good. Feels great. 
You just put that top hat you have on people and just punch them. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how I do it exactly. Yeah, Here, you rob this bear and I just I rip their mustache off, give them the old one two. So uh, you see the kind of revolutionary scene, the protest, and she's drinking and smoking. And um, um, at school, the girl Beatrice, I believe, I looked up her name. Uh, there's a girl talking to her about, oh, that other girl's really cute. And she's like, oh, you're cute, too. And then kisses her, which really kind of... Uh, uh, hits Adele, yeah, and they... she's like, "Oh, okay, maybe this thing is happening." <laughs> this is a thing that I like. <laughs> Which, by the way, that girl, uh, did you get, did you get to see Jodorowsky's Dune? Yes, I have seen Jodorowsky's Dune. I watched that. That that girl is Alma Jodorowsky. She's the oh. grandson of the granddaughter of Alejandro Jodorowsky. Cool. Just an interesting note. I thought that was interesting. That's that's a good film, by the way. Jodorowsky's Dune. Yeah, I I should probably read or watch Dune first before I comment on that. No, it's it's uh, unnecessary. It's a documentary about a film that wasn't made. You know, I know it looks really good. I want to see it, but then like I have nothing. I have no idea about the source material. (laughs) You don't need to. Just go see it. I I don't know anything about Dune. Have you guys seen the um the 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 Shining documentary about all the theories? Oh, yeah. like room two seventeen or something. Like that. I think so. It's a really good. It's a really good documentary. I haven't, I haven't seen that, but I've heard good things. Yeah, I did see it. It's um, I really enjoyed it. A lot of it is fucking crazy town. <laughs> like there are a lot of really good theories that I actually do agree with, and then there's also some people who talk about some shit. Obviously, it was this, and you're those like, people are insane. <laughs> wow, it's just, yeah, it's just a testament <laughs> to like crazy. how people can read so much so many things if you leave a film like intentionally vague and like it intentionally doesn't match up like it, it's not you know a neat little package like uh it's just it's just so interesting the completely divergent completely crazy theories people can take from that two two thirty seven two three seven room two three seven yeah okay so uh adele is kissed by the other girl she goes home she requests oh i want more salad which, that's kind of sexist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a real misogynist. All right. All right, cut that out. So Adele, the next day Adele goes back to school wearing her dangly earrings that she wore when she was going out on the date with the guy and goes and confronts the girl in the bathroom <coughs> and just starts kissing her. And the other girl's like, whoa! <laughs> And says, like, I'm sorry, I didn't know you'd get so hooked. So, yeah, you guys, uh, do you think that girl was just messing with her? Or do you think she was just kind of playing around, doing a little thing? Or do you think she's curious herself? Or I, I think How did you take that? I think she's, well, she's a lesbian. She's gay, yeah. Yeah, but she was just fooling around. She didn't really want anything serious. That's how I, mean, I she, took it. I don't it. think she realized... I'm sorry. I was just saying that's how I took it. Like, she didn't... She wasn't expecting like, oh, she's going to start making out with me and like, we're going to be a thing now. Yeah. yeah like, she didn't realize that she just awoke Adele's like sexual passions. Like, like she didn't realize that she just did that. So whereas that's what Adele was waiting for. That was right. like, oh, I finally there's somebody I can experience this with. We're together now. 
I don't have to eat a bunch of gross food. I can eat salads now that I have other things to focus on. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and after that is when she ends up going to the uh, gay bar with her buddy. Yeah, she. Yeah, her friend takes her to a gay bar, and then she completely ditches she, him without saying anything yeah. <laughs> to follow like, Emma she and her friends. <laughs> she rushes out humiliated after kissing the girl. And was that the first time we saw her buddy, uh, Valentin? No, he had spoken to her before about her boyfriend. Yeah, at first I thought like he was like the friend zone guy. That's but... right, that's right. Yeah, but no, he's uh, he's like her gayest friend. I just remember it took long enough for him to show up that I'm like, wait, who is this guy? Am I supposed to know who he is? Yeah. A lot of the characters do kind of look the same. Does that, does that make me a racist against the French, I guess? Yeah, yeah a little bit. Against All the right. French, and yeah. So that's when she goes out to the gay bar with him. And like you said, she kind of abandons him. But to be fair, uh, he was hooking up with dudes. He kind which, of abandons her. Which we, Not yeah. really. Because he was still there. She's like, yeah, I'm going to go do this. And he's like, okay. But, like, she just left him as at the bar. As we've already established, though, Adele is not into hooking up dudes. Hooking up with dudes. So she's like, nah, I don't want to be around this hooking up with dudes nonsense. That's understandable. I'm just thinking she's a pretty crappy friend because he probably thought she got murdered. Um, yeah, he probably did. <laughs> Unless he was too busy doing stuff with some dude. It's possible. Well, I think it's mostly like she's like seeing like, wow, here's all these people uh, that are like completely enthralled with each other and like in a public setting. And I'm sure she wishes she could have that too. And she just got her you know, sexual awakening like yeah. yesterday. Yeah, you got to imagine that she feels um, left out like Alone. a a 40th wheel. 39th wheel, maybe. I feel like 40 would be a good even wheel number. Well, let's go. That's true. You could match up that. Yeah. yeah so she 39th sees wheel. Emma and her friends at the gay bar walking by. So then she decides, I'm going to follow these guys. She sees the blue haired girl in the gay bar. Yeah. Emma. Yeah, Emma is the blue haired girl. Also, I have a note here, which I don't remember. <laughs> I wrote down French Tina Fey at bar. Any, the bartender you know she... what that means? <laughs> I mean, the okay. bartender was had some had some Tina Fey glasses. I think I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's all you, Matt. All right, thanks, bro, for leaving me hanging there. No, no problem. problem. You're supposed to just high five me with a sweet. Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. You're not crazy. <laughs> Take that for a yes, and maybe you're talking about the girl that tried to pick her up at the bar. Could have been. So, anyways. Um, there's like a really long scene of those two talking and talk about art and shit. Oh, you're talking about how Emma, well, first of all, Adele's getting hit on by another girl and Emma looks down and sees Adele being talked to. And this seems like some real to catch a predator shit to me. (laughs) (laughs) Which Emma um, apparently can tell really easily that she's underage. Yeah. So you have to assume that the other ladies can as well. Maybe. Well, I don't she's assume like fresh that. meat when she walks in there. You know? Yeah, she she's, is. She's very young. She's an ingenue. I don't know what that means. Rape material. <laughs> yes. That's what it means. But yeah, it is some... To catch a predator shit. 
in my view, because she had the, like a predatory glance. I'm like, I just I was like, wow, that's super creepy. <laughs> so Emma comes by and is like, oh, you know, you're drinking a dyke beer. Try this drink. And then Chris Hansen walks out and goes, hi, what were you hoping to talk this girl into tonight? Well, what happened oh, you is, saw like, the American cut. Yeah. Adele is talking to this girl who's trying to pick her up. Emma sees some, her talking to her. Emma goes down and t- asks this girl why she's talking to her cousin and kind of drives this other woman off <laughs> so she can talk to Adele. She doesn't buy it, but yeah. she, she moves away. I like that. She's like laughing, like, oh, cousin, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going. Yeah. Would she, um, I said I wasn't going to talk about the graphic novel much, but uh, in the book, it's very clear that both of them remember each other. Like, from that well, first glance. I think that's yeah. I mean, yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure she did. Because from the way she was looking, she's like, oh, that's that girl that I saw. Yeah. I, I, yeah, she's there's definitely, like, they definitely both know that they saw each other. Yeah. But I think at this point in time, she's still 15 years old or 17 or something. She's still underage. <laughs> it creeps me the fuck out. <laughs> that's all I have to say about you that. You would say that with your Bible-thumping Protestant views. They're in love. Let them be in love. Which, if she's 17 at that point, it's been two years since they saw each other yeah, in the street. I don't, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> yeah, I kind of don't think so either. But you said it. That's what I heard. Anyways. That's what said, which I don't buy at all. They were in love at first sight and second sight. So Most of their sights are set on each 15 other. year old and she decides, I'm going to try to hit on her. She is straight macking on her, too. She is. She's just got that, like, skeezy look about her. <laughs> like, you want to try got... this strawberry milk? Yeah, well, I mean, she's... I mean, Adele's, like, waiting for, like, a, a, a spirit guide in her for her newly realized sexuality. And, oh, like, yeah, Adele takes it up. Adele is into it. She is very attracted to her. It's still... Still some creepy shit. And How could you be attracted her... to a girl whose mouth is always open and whose teeth are too big? And who just gets food all over her face while she's eating. just stuffs it up. Which actually, I think all of the French people in this movie... Is this a French thing that you just smear food all over your mouth? Is that, like, good for your skin, or... As someone who's, just, like... Was that just it's... a choice? <laughs> yeah, it's really good for the around-your-mouth region. You have a nice, healthy orange orange glow around there. <laughs> I No, I, I as someone who hates eating even, like... Any, even chips in front of someone else, this movie may be very comfortable. <laughs> well, it's because you do smear food all over your face when you eat, Dylan. That's true. That's true. So maybe I should go to France. Hey. You're right at home. I think you I already I think know I... some words. Yeah. I've, hey, you I know it's... four years of French. I'm, I'm like of the French, healthy French weight, I think. I'd fit right in. Do you like wine? I like alcohol, and wine is an alcohol. Do you like dyke beer? Oh, I don't use that word, so I don't know what to say. I'm just uh, quoting Emma from the movie. Oh, okay. Verbatim? She said that it was a dyke beer that Adele uh, got hooked up with. Yeah, Adele she was did say drinking that. a dyke beer. That's what, A bull dyke beer, actually, yes. is what she yes. said. She did say that. And then Emma orders a strawberry milk. She says, here, try this. And Adele tries it, and she says, this is disgusting. Yeah, she hates strawberry milk. This is such a weird thing. In the graphic novel, she gives her strawberry milk, and she loves it, and she's glad she showed her strawberry milk. Hmm. 
such weird choices. And this is also, they discuss her name uh, meaning justice in Arabic, which Emma goes through a couple of things. Ah, I wish I wrote down what they were. She's like, that means something in Arabic and names oh, yeah, a couple sun. of things. And then yes. Sun and then something else. And yeah, it yeah, was like very to... poetic stuff. And then Adele says, justice. <laughs> anyway. And that's when the ca- to Catch a Predator starts. <laughs> draw, draw your own conf- conclusions from this stuff. We're not here to explain this movie to you. Was she? Are we? Was she, what uh, are we doing here, you guys? I, what's the point of this? What is I thought this? we were just... No, uh, is the, the... I'm sorry, is the graphic novel um, autobiographical? Like, is it is it her... I assume a girl, a woman wrote it. No. Um, well... I'll go ahead and tell you for sure it's not autobiographical um, based on the fact that Adele at the very beginning is already dead. Oh, in the book? Yes. Okay. At the beginning, Emma is going to uh, uh, to Adele's parents' house because this was like Adele's kind of last wish is uh, for her to come spend the night over there and read all of her diaries. She kept all these diaries. They mentioned that in the movie several times. Yeah, She was keeping like while they, you know, were meeting and everything. Mm -hmm. And that's most of the book is her kind of reading through the diaries and reliving that stuff. It's an interesting framing device. Yeah, it's um, I think I liked the book better than the movie. It's a different thing. We can talk about that after we get done. Yeah, I had no idea it was based on anything. I, I would like to actually check that out now. Which, like I said, it seemed like uh, the director kind of shoehorned this other thing he had in the back of his head into this graphic novel idea. I just can't imagine, like, if I wrote a, some sort of autobiography, I know you said it wasn't, and just, like, having this other director just come in and completely change it, that just would be so strange. <laughs> well, uh, I did read some comments that uh 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 julie morrow believe is her name the uh the the artist the writer and artist of the book okay anyways i have some comments that she said about the director we'll get into that later so anyways they fucking have a really long conversation they have a really long conversation in the bar and Emma is going off with some friends and she finds out before she leaves uh, what high school Adele goes to Uh, because because she is a predator (laughs) and wants to hang out outside her school the next day and wait to pick her up to which all of the other girls of course all the other girls just what is she doing going with that weirdo yeah, because she's a college student trying to pick up a 15-year-old. It's super creepy. No, well, Logan. Also, also, it seemed like she was in school. Like, she just kind of skipped school to do that? To yeah. Do no, okay. that's, I think they were no. on a break or something. Like a lunch break. Okay. But no, she is a college student successfully picking up a young girl. <laughs> she is. I mean, 15 is the age of consent in France because I looked this up. Because this was super creepy to me. And so once you found out it was legal, it was totally fine and moral. Still super creepy. But (laughs) now I know why she wasn't arrested immediately. (laughs) It's an H ain't nothing but a number. I just assumed it was because France is like the Wild West of Europe. (laughs) 
That's what I was thinking too. I was just thinking no one <laughs> was, cares. Was the wild less known for its for its huh? its uh, summer summer winter romances between fifteen year olds and twenty two year olds. I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like that's legal in America. Like, aren't there like Romeo and Juliet laws or something? Not fifteen and twenty two. Okay. Um, if you're both minors, um, I think it's okay to a certain extent, but. There's uh, each state does it differently. Yeah. It's a whole thing. And I think this a lot is just of, the test to see how familiar you guys were with this to see if you're super big pervs or not. I think a lot of states <laughs> have like 17 age of consent because I know a lot of states. Not this one, unfortunately. I have no idea. Um, but... I believe Nevada is 16. Makes Ugh. sense. Nevada is a pretty gross state. I, well, yeah, Mexico that's... is 14. I heard once. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So. They go off together. Um, Emma sketches Adele, and they have a nice long conversation about philosophy and art, movies and stuff. And they have like uh, they get into uh, uh, Sartre and uh, whether existence precedes essence or the other way. To which Adele attests that she thinks it's the chicken and the egg. You can say that name more French, more Frenchy than you said it. Sartre? Yeah, there it is. You got it. Okay. Now I know who you're talking about. You're welcome. <laughs> I liked how uh, I liked how like uh, Adele is struggling to keep up with Emma. Like Emma is very casually talks about these things. Like this, like a normal. She always talks about Sartre and you know philosophy and these very big existential questions. And Adele is like filtering it through her very, a very simple lens. You know, she's not like equipped. She's just a high school student. She's not equipped to deal with this. So she compares it to like Bob Marley, um, <laughs> and you know, she's using like the tools that she has. And she's much younger. And and Emma finds it cute, and, but that's uh, kind of condescending a little bit. Like she keeps saying, "Oh, you're funny. That's funny." Uh, and Adele though is more knowledgeable about movies. That's her thing yes. that she's into, and she speaks English well enough that she likes English language films. It's, and also the New York picture on her wall, yeah, definitely um, says a lot. I keep waiting for this movie to, like, they, they, there are several scenes where they're talking about America. I keep waiting for them to just rail on us, and they, they never do. They, it's, it's always very complimentary. <laughs> I was really disappointed by that. Well, uh, America is just a symbol. I mean, in the world. Oh, okay. Symbol of hope and prosperity. Let's move this thing along. It's a city on a hill. Yeah. So, um, Adele goes home. Emma is called. <laughs> Adele goes home, and Emma has called her immediately to make sure she gave her the right number. Uh, and goes to which is you know, it's nice, it's kind of pervy. Yeah, it's you don't super have to creepy. say it, Logan. <laughs> you, Logan, if it's love at first sight, it can't be creepy and pervy and illegal. Well, it's not All illegal, right. but it certainly is the other two. <laughs> All right, so it goes to uh, the next day at school where Adele immediately gets confronted by the circle of girls who are like, what? Like, why did you go with that girl? And like, you're gay, right? Like, you're a dyke and all of these uh, uh, slurs that they're kind of throwing at her. And then one girl keeps on telling her that she can't eat her pussy. Yeah. Just screaming at her. Which that girl seemed extra mad because she said that she slept naked in her bed with her. Which, this is something I wanted to ask about. Uh, Dylan, you studied France. 
Do yes. teenage girls just sleep naked with each other all the time? Ooh, uh, the straight ones all the time. Gay ones, uh, not as much. I can see her problem with that. Also, uh, just she specifically said, like, oh, don't look at my ass. And, like, this movie has a lot of butts in it. Yeah. Yeah, lots of saying, ass shots. You can't eat my pussy. She repeats oh, yeah, it, like, you'll, five or six you'll, times. You'll never touch my pussy. It's like, I don't want to do that. You guys are saying it, like, in English, and it sounds gross. But when they say it, like, oh, okay, even though they're yelling at each other, it's, uh, it sounds kind of nice. No, you never touch my pussy. Exactly. Just screaming that at her, and Adele just punches her, if I recall correctly. <laughs> no, after after many like constant verbal abuse for it, it feels like minutes. Yeah, she's just, just like piling it on her. Which uh, I've actually uh, I've slept in a bed with at least two gay dudes before, and I never actually thought about that until this scene. <laughs> Just because I never, uh, when somebody came out, I never went into a rage because I had slept in the bed with them. Yeah, are you going right. to go find them and start screaming that they can't suck your dick? Yes, I am. Because I'm, I'm mad can't... about them. I'm mad that I slept nude with them in a bed, snuggling. You had a shot. Now that I found totally out. Blew that shot. You blew that shot. And now that they, you found out they can't suck your dick. <laughs> It'd just be weird now if they did it. <laughs> well, much like how like we're straight, I assume like we're attracted to every single female we see. You know, gay dudes are attracted to like every man, and vice exactly. Versa. And bisexual people just hump anything, right? Every single thing, anything that's vaguely orifice-ish. All right. Well, we've cracked the the science of sexuality, guys. We're, we're really making some progress here on just like yeah, like really dealing with everyone's sexuality. I'm really glad this episode's giving us an excuse to do that. Which uh, I actually thought this was a really good scene with her, like, kind of fighting back against the, like, like, I'm not. <laughs> and yeah. all the. Uh, Which she the... really is, I think. Mm, yeah. Well, oh, we got to talk about this. All right, let's go ahead. Let's move on. Well, this scene, I mean, if anything, it just further, like, further pulls her away from her peer group. Yeah. Yeah. And, but she immediately is, like, kind of. Uh, uh, there's she's there's like backlash within herself from where she was moving. Like she's like, no, I'm not that. No, that's not acceptable. Yeah. And uh, they go from there directly into uh, another scene in the classroom where there was a quote that the only vice of water is gravity. I am not aware of what that is from. And I was not able to find it readily. But anyways, uh, Adele is clearly still distraught and not listening to anything that's going on in class, which this uh, thing they're talking about pertains to her directly. And if she uh, didn't just get uh, kind of ambushed, she might be uh, ready to hear and maybe get some consolation from it. Teacher totally calls her out on it and shames her um, when she's not listening to the class because obviously she's super distracted by the the swirling emotions that were just caused by her fight. Yeah. She's like almost trembling. So then it goes to her and Emma in a museum uh, where they look at naked butts. Butt after butt after butt. It's just every single butt. My next note that I have here is pussy oysters. Well, is it they go to the museum and they have them looking at on the sort of the scene where they were 
on like the field, laying on the blankets, like a picnic. Yeah. And then I remember Adele kisses Emma, and then it doesn't it immediately go to the fucking scene? Yes, the seven minute sex scene. Yes. Very explicit. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about this sex scene, you guys. Yeah, as two as three straight guys, we have a lot of um I'm sure we have a lot of input on this. I know I do. <laughs> oh. Woo. Well we. Well wow. <laughs> oh. Uh, this scene so was anyways, super awkward. <laughs> Long. There was... Yeah, I'm glad like I'm glad my parents were in town today so we could all watch this film together. Uh, fun time. <laughs> there was uh yeah, my brother was maybe going to be able to do this and um was going to watch it and I just told him, "Hey, don't watch it while people are around who might walk in." <laughs> and not know what you're watching because this scene is it's somewhere in between uh softcore pornography and hardcore pornography yeah it's, it's probably planted it's it's softcore porn that's what the scene is this kind of hardcore they show a little bit more than softcore porn though if you've right. ever watched softcore porn like they yeah <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I know not many people watch software porn in this in this day and age of the internet, but yeah, I mean, like on software, I don't think they show the genitals. They don't show the lady parts, and they show lady parts. There was there was some uh, uh, controversy though about this, and by controversy, I just mean you know discussion and argument between. I can't believe there's controversy over this ten minute sex scene. (laughs) Which, uh, you know, because they were saying that this is not a realistic depiction of lesbian sex. Julie Morrow's comment, I actually did not write it down, but she made some sort of comment about how uh, that it was obvious one thing that was missing from the set was lesbians. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, I read a a bunch of different write-ups. One critic was kind of defending the scene in the movie and saying that... um, kind of said that Julie Morrow was wrong for her assertion that this scene should have like that the the two leads should have been played by lesbians but that's not what I got from that at all she was just saying lesbians should be on set so they know what the fuck they're doing she was saying that if any lesbians had been on set while they were shooting the scene they would have not been able to stop giggling <laughs> because of how ridiculous the thing that was going on was to and, be fair though I mean sex is kind of ridiculous like if you stop and, and think about it it's kind of hard not to laugh I don't know well this is like I think it's a valid criticism but I don't think it necessarily detracts from the film just because really how often in movies is sex ever portrayed as realistic not very often. Yeah. It's I mean it's really usually it's just softcore porn with better cinematography. Well, does making it graphic though does that like does that make it better though? Does that make it more realistic or does that make it even crazier? Well, the uh one word that I kept seeing, I think Julie Morrow used the word in French, whatever the word is in French. Maybe you can tell me, Dylan. Uh, let me see. Clinical And (laughs) yeah, uh, which I think this kind of works in the movie just because to me, the like super well lit out in the open, 
like hair pulling, ass slapping, girls just going crazy on each other. Uh, to me, that kind of struck me when I initially saw it as like Adele finally, it was just abandoned. Like she was finally just letting go and saying, I am doing this. It was just... the climax of the film. Which happened fairly early on. Yeah. Like before the halfway point. <clears throat> it was it was the climax of the first chapter. Yeah. I feel but... like it said chapters one and two, so I feel like this really was two movies slammed together. And it's as long as two movies slammed together. <laughs> right. Which that's that's one thing I I don't know why it was called the life of Adele there and then uh for the US release it was blue is the warmest color unless it was just that they're like hey Americans like movies based on graphic novels just name it that I have no idea wait wait so the French movie but, it wasn't blue is the warmest color colon the life of Adele it was just the life of Adele was it not oh I thought I thought it was I did it was this movie in French it's not called blue is the warmest color it's only called the life of that's Adele. that's what I thought. That's the impression hmm. I got it from reading about it. But blue is like such an integral part to this. That's very strange. Blue, blue, blue. 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 So you don't oh, think yeah, it was too this... much, Matt? You really don't think it was too much? Well, here's the thing. I don't think it ruins the movie, but I, I do, as I said earlier, think you know maybe the director committed a sex crime. <laughs> Because have you read uh, what the actresses or anyone said about this? No. The two lead actors, uh, they said that the director was kind of uh, mean to them. And like during this scene, which took 10 days to shoot. They shot this for 10 days. One of the, I believe it was Lea Seydoux. Described it as, or wait, was it Adele? I don't remember. <laughs> One of them uh, described it as a humiliating, disgusting ordeal. Although they did not touch genitals because they wore, uh, let me let me quote Lea Sedu, fake pussies. I'm but sure yeah, it sounds prettier so, in French. So just imagine though, ten days. Wait, first of all, before you imagine this, if you haven't already, look up a picture of uh, Abdelatif Keshish and just imagine uh, him yelling at you for 10 days while you're naked in a room full of people uh, <laughs> rubbing your crotch on another lady. For 10 straight days, your crotch under a fake crotch. And like having to like make it look central. I mean, it definitely looks very central. I'm very impressed that like they kept that up over ten days of filming. Good God. Yeah. So yeah, that guy screaming, "Pretend you're 15." <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's. I feel like the whole movie up to this point was almost shot in the first person like it was it was almost through her viewpoint through Adele's like point of view and you felt it very really uncomfortable was. it mirrored her uncomfortableness like how close the, the frame was and then as soon as it does the sex scene it just becomes a porn it just gets very voyeuristic yeah it does for sure I completely agree with that <clears throat> well of course you would because you're a Protestant 
prude guy. That, it's really weird, because I think I'm one of the least prudish people here. But it's... You've been really against against underage sex the entire time. I know, because <laughs> it's underage sex. There's some things okay. you don't fuck with. You don't fuck with an underage person, I guess. But what's like what's what's a good example of a sex scene? I, I'm trying to think of one that that adds to a film. I mean, this adds to the film. You have to have this scene, and it's very yeah. important. It just doesn't but, need. I don't think it needs to be as long <laughs> as it was. And there are two of them, aren't there? Isn't there another one? Like pretty no, soon yeah. There's a yeah. this ten minute sex sex scene. Then it goes into yeah. The other one's not nearly as long. It's about two minutes. Yeah, it's a third of the like. <laughs> A third you, of the time is this one. Do you guys know the name of the of of the sex act that they do in the second scene? I don't know. The name Matt, of it, Matt. You know when? In, yes. Are you talking about scissoring? Yeah, but there's an actual name. It's like trib tribid tribbing tribid. Oh, uh, tribulation or something. trials and tribulations. Trebulence, yeah. trebulence. No. Check, check. Trebulence. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm sure we could find it out by typing anything into a computer and it would come right up. But... All right, let me turn my private browser on. Why are you bringing this up, Dylan? I don't know. I kind of just killed the conversation. I'm sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but, yeah, let's just keep on going. All right, so from there, she goes to the protest march that she really kind of belongs in, the Gay Pride Rally. And she meets um, she meets Emma's parents. Yes, and they have oysters. Yeah. Which Adele earlier said she thought were disgusting, especially the texture. And Emma said, that's the best part. It's really funny, because I heard this, and she says, I don't like the texture. And my response while I'm sitting there watching this film, I just say, that's the best part. <laughs> while Emma's saying this. Too. Are you sure you weren't just reading? No, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say that's the best part? No, I she said I don't like the texture. It's disgusting. And I just remember like looking at the screen, just saying shouting screen, that's the best part. <laughs> so the oyster the scene for you was awesome, whereas for me it was kind of really gross. Because you don't like oysters? I hate them. Dylan, Ladies. Uh, the Apalachicola oysters are some of the best in the world. You're really missing out. Is that the case? It is. Uh, oysters, uh, to me, kind of taste like penises. And I've tasted a penis in my day. That's what I thought was weird. Okay. Hey, you know what else kind of tastes like penises? Vaginas. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right, moving on. Moving but... on. Yes, please. I'm deleting all this. Yeah. Sorry, I just turned off my speakers. Adele. My <laughs> and the, uh, at... Emma's parents' house, they ask Adele what she wants to do, and this was the first time I heard her mention wanting to be a teacher. Yeah. Which is part of why it seemed more shoehorned in to me that it was like, that was like an hour into the movie. Yeah, I thought she was just lying, because she does that a lot. I thought that too. <laughs> yeah, that she was just saying something. It just kind of comes out of nowhere. Okay, who wants to contrast their dinner with her family, with uh, Adele's family's dinner? No one. It was too I... subtle in the movie to even notice. <laughs> Did anyone pick up on the differences there? I, I, was I the only one? Well, it cuts to uh, well, Adele and Emma have 
dinner with Emma's parents. Very, like, Emma's stepfather cooks a lot. They're having oysters. Very nice. And and it's kind of clear that they know what the situation is between Emma and yeah. Adele. They have all the toast oh. to love. Yeah. And, they, and they, the things they talk about are, like, paintings and liking food and cultural things. And they're just kind of having a fun, open conversation. Like, when when uh, Adele says she doesn't like oysters, like, they're, the parents are, like... It's all very jokingly, but the parents are, like, mad at Emma, you know? And, and, and it kind of becomes a point of conversation. They have a fun time with it. It's like, Whereas, oh, uh, you're... You're a problem. <clears throat> right, right, right. Like, everyone's, like, it's very light. Everyone's having a fun time. Where anytime there's a dinner at Adele's house, like, they're eat, silently eating spaghetti or watching TV. Yeah, it cuts yeah. to, uh, from dinner with Emma's parents, sex scene. Two-minute yes. sex scene, much shorter than the seven-minute one we had earlier. Needlessly to short. Quote, to quote my notes, more fucking. And then it cuts to immediately after... The sex scene, it cuts to dinner with Adele's parents. Wait, does it? Pretty much. I think Adele comes home and there's a party. Yes. So it doesn't cut immediately, jerk. There's a surprise party. Yeah. Or is I wonder what they party smelled up? on her with after. their French sense of smell. I think, right. the, I think the surprise party might be after. Or earlier, actually. I don't know. Um... It it's after the second fucking scene, as for my notes. Okay, that's what it was called in the script. The fucking scene might as well be. Uh, and there's something said. I don't remember exactly what it is, but there's something said that you kind of realize their thing has been going on for months. Uh, I think show the yeah, time is like time. there's no indication of of time. The passage of time is kind of weird. Like yeah, there, there's just one thing that you. We'll just need to pick up on each time that time has jumped like a huge increment. Yeah, you have to pay attention to like the hairstyles or like all of a sudden like uh, Adele's a teacher all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it, well, they kind of set yeah. it up like you have to do some math in your head like, OK, well, she says it's going to take like six years to be a teacher. So then it's, okay, I guess it's six years in the future, and she's a teacher now. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I felt like, uh, did anyone else feel like we were at a disadvantage as Americans? Like, we couldn't pick up on their, like, uh, their style. Like, oh, that's totally 90s, you know, or that's totally, like, 10 years ago. Like, we couldn't really do that. I mean, it all kind of looked the same, even though I know it spans, like, a decade of time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, no and... one used cell phones until I'm very late in the film. And the... Uh... The biggest leap in time is when when Emma's hair turns bl- blonde. Yeah. And other, th- other than that, there's really no indication until, you know, after it goes on and you kind of get an idea of what's going on in their lives, that time has moved forward. Like a lot of time. Like, I mean, they yeah. date for a couple of years at least, right? Yes. Yeah, it seems at that point that Adele is, like, done with school, right? Because she's already... She's at least a teacher's assistant. Right. I mean, she's at least... She's in college, at least, graduated high school. It's been at least a couple of years. Yeah, at least two years. Which... Never mind. I said I wasn't going to talk very much about the graphic novel. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like if someone would ever listen to this... um, Maybe they want to hear about the graphic novel. I don't know. We well, can go on like to I, some of the differences at the end, too. 
Yeah, that's what I was thinking. At the end, I'll just kind of tell you what happened in the graphic novel. So where were we? We're at the party. Emma meets Adele's parents, and they're having spaghetti dinner. And of course. Adele's parents apparently were told that Emma's a tutor. And it really mm-hmm. seems like her mom is buying this tutor for high school. But I think her dad completely sees through it. He looks very disapprovingly at what is going on yeah. here. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure her dad knows knows exactly what's going on. He is not happy about it. He even makes a comment to Emma asking about her boyfriend. And yeah. then Emma just makes some comment. I don't even remember what she says. But I just... uh, he's he's in business. He asks yes. what the boyfriend does. Yeah. And my, immediately, my immediate thought was, nice save, Emma. Nice save. <laughs> well, the tension Which... kind of dissipates a little bit after that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it uh, It was a little more convincing after the mother said, yeah, it's nice if you want to be an artist to have a husband to take care of you. And she's like, oh, well, we're not married. It's like, oh, why would you include that detail unless you're totally serious and not fucking my daughter? All right. <laughs> Moving on. And also, there, the that conversation is an interrogation about very practical things, of course. You know, like, oh, well, art is fine, but you have to, you know, you got to have something to fall back on. And yeah. then the other conversation at the with Emma's house, like, they're just talking about art and culture, and it's a fun time. Who cares? And yeah, they there's actually class differences there. It almost sounds like they uh, look down on Adele's choice to be a teacher because once she says that she wants to be a teacher, they're kind of like, well, at least you know what you want to do. Yeah, no, they're disappointed that she's not, like, a writer or something. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Like, I kind of got that, that feeling from Emma, too. Because the same way, she's a little disappointed that she just wants to be a teacher. Um, And then there's sort of an abrupt thing where you see a naked vagina, naked of all of its hair. It is Adele splayed out on a couch smoking a cigarette, and Emma now with blonde hair because years have passed. Uh, well, first of all... Her. It goes to another sex scene after the dinner, which is I think is kind of is important. there really more sex after that? Yeah, it's very it's probably like a a minute long. But Good it, heavens! It it actually works pretty well because you have the long explicit sex scene. You have dinner with Emma's parents, sex scene, dinner with Adele's parents, sex scene. So it kind of it's very symmetrical. It gets all of the sex out of the way. Well, for the most part, it does. But I like the. Like how it's set up because it's it's like Emma's dinner and then Adele's dinner. The, the parents kind of mirrors each other. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, Both set up in the kind of same way. And they contrast though too. Uh, yeah. Oysters and pasta. Hmm. Spindly mm. wieners that they've been trying to get her daughter, their daughter, to be interested in. Well, also they seem to not have any compunction about like being loud and having sex when they're at Emma's house. When they're at Adele's house, they have to like be super quiet and. Yeah, you know. I almost screamed. Right. I think she was saying, "I expected you to scream." It's, like, it's a good Emma's thing said. you didn't. <laughs> All right, so more fucking, which leads into bald pussies. One in particular being painted. Not that it's being painted, but Emma is painting a portrait. Of it. Emma's and right out of the Titanic. It's very beautiful. Emma's painting a nude portrait of Adele. Which she, uh, you soon learn, does a lot. She's kind of her muse in her, uh, her, her series of paintings that she's doing. Well, that's the first thing they do. They sit on a bench and they sketch. I mean, after like, they meet at the yeah. bar. Yeah. Uh, then there's 
it goes straight from the nude painting to the kids, to Adele, like <laughs> straight to a shot of young children. And Adele, like, I think she may have been dancing around with them doing the like bongo thing at yeah. this point. Yeah, doing like drum class or something. Yeah, this was the first of a lot of very abrupt shots from sexually charged or otherwise adult scenes to directly to a shot of very young children. And I feel like that was probably part of what Abdelatif Kashish had in mind for his uh, his story of a teacher and following her through her personal and professional life that he shoehorned into this other story. See, he does that a lot. Yeah. He, he does that move repeatedly. Then there's a party with a bunch of Emma's art friends. There's some discussion of Klimt versus Scheel. Classic debate rages on. Which has one of uh, Emma's art friends is, uh, is kind of criticizing Emma for liking Klimt, saying that oh, it's so flowery or floral. And Emma gets mad and says it's not floral. And... Georgia O'Keeffe painted flowers look like vaginas, floral, vagina. I can see where it's, I can really see the connection. Am I reading too much into that? I don't think so. <laughs> well, there's this thing um, at the party. Adele brings out a big bowl of spaghetti. That's what she has. She's catered this party with a giant, giant thing of spaghetti. Which people like, apparently. Yeah, they love it. They eat it up. They love it. And somebody makes a joke about uh, what the worm said after crawling off the plate of spaghetti. Uh, that was some gangbang. Oh, and it kind it. of, it kind of seemed like in this scene that uh, Adele was the piece of uh, the was the worm getting gangbanged by all the spaghetti. Well, what's really important about this is you meet Lise. Or Liss, or whatever her name is. Who's very pregnant, and gets along really well with Emma. Yes. And her Foreshadowing. Bo- yeah, and her boyfriend It runs an art gallery, you learn. I think his name is Joaquin, or something similar, or Joaquin. Or I, <laughs> I don't remember. It starts with a J. It's yeah, a name that I've jo- seen and never jo- heard. Joaquin something? Yeah, it's something similar to that. But you learn that he runs a very important art gallery and Lisa's his uh, girlfriend having a kid. And, and he he kind of makes an argument during the party. He's talking about women's pleasure uh, in art. Uh, and this is something that to me seemed like an important, it just struck me as like an important point in the movie where he's talking about how men portray their own pleasure through women. Yeah. Did, did that scene seem like the director was like looking at the audience and talking to them? Exactly <laughs> what I was thinking that like the, the, um, the, the, uh, gallery director is the director of the movie. That's totally right. him. And I wondered if the director realized that or not. Like, was he doing like, hey, this is what I'm doing with this movie. And it was kind of a very, like, self-aware thing. Or if he had no idea and he was like, yeah, this is a true thing that I'll have this guy say. That would be so Freudian if he didn't even, if he didn't at least, like, in retrospect realize that. Like, even if it wasn't intentional. (laughs) 
That's what I was wondering, though, and I kind of think it may have been just because the more interviews I read with this guy, I'm like, I'm not sure I like him very much. Yeah, I, from what I've read, he doesn't seem like a cool dude. Yeah, the... Uh, it's a good director. The, but... Yeah, well, it seems like he doesn't like to plan anything, and that's why this movie went like three or four months longer the shoot than it was originally scheduled. That's why there was and 10 days of sex scenes. Yeah. That's why there was 10 days of sex scenes. Exactly. That's why I don't think he's really a sex criminal. I think he's just kind of insane and that's how he works. And he goes, I don't know what I want, but this isn't it. Let's keep shooting. How do you, um, how do you yeah. pick up like on the next day on the sex scene? Like, what do you like? Do you like get in a position? Do you, you find your mark like on her vagina? Like, what do you, what do you do? Uh, you do calisthenics with each other. Okay, that's how you warm up. All right, makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I'll cut that out. <laughs> they, uh, the actors talked about uh, that scene where they first see each other in the street. That that they spent a full day on that one shot. On the scene, really? Yes. On that. Well, to be fair, it is France, and yes. there's very strong union Which... rules. It takes a long time to film anything. <laughs> Which, I mean, it's not unheard of for, like, quick scenes or shots to take a really long time on movies, but generally there's more things going on than that. But they said they did it, like, a hundred times, that take over and over, and he uh, yelled at them, and then after after they had been doing it a really long time, they walked past each other and just laughed because it's like, we've been doing this all day long. Right. And he giggled. <laughs> and reportedly, he yelled that he couldn't work under these conditions and threw a monitor in the street. That's incredible. I did not know anything about the director. This is. I need to hear the commentary to this now. Ah, oh, now I do too. I didn't even think of that until just I'm now. not watching this three hour movie again. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually, I watched Blue Ruin again. Yeah, I'm not going to watch this twice. <laughs> I devoted just as much time to watching this movie as I did to watching Blue Ruin twice. Yeah. Very good. Honestly, I, I'm not going to compare the two. Never mind. So the value pr uh, proposition wasn't, wasn't as good. So Adele at the party talks to this boy whose name I don't remember, but who is, uh, he speaks Arab. He's an actor. Yes, he's an actor because he speaks Arabic. And uh, he gets jobs as terrorists in American movies and immediately starts talking about New York to her because he's actually been to New York and asked her if she's ever been. She's like, no, I've always wanted to go, which that to me, you know, ties in with her thing she has on the wall to begin with the skyline of the place she thinks she wants to go before the shit goes down. And then this is kind of reintroducing maybe guys into her life. That's... Well, and also, and also um, uh, sorry, Matt, you can, sorry, I thought you were done. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that it's like reintroducing uh, uh, this guy who plays terrorists, but he actually loves New York, and he's a really nice guy. I didn't even think about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's really playing with the uh, with, with, uh, uh, generalizations there. But I was going to say, in addition to that, it's also um, it's also kind of the scene where the honeymoon's over, where like... I don't know. I mean, like everyone's been to a party where like they have they 
like can't even speak the same language as anyone else. You know, they're just like all up on all up in their own, you know, their own world. They're really intellectual painters. And like her, you know, her best attempts are to like talk about the food. Like that's all she can talk about. And then she finally finds someone who happens to be a man who she can very much relate to. You know, it's it's not about art. Like it's about film, but you know, not about like like the pretentious, you know, like um, gallery scene, I guess. And he's very nice and likes talking to her about whatever. And they dance. They dance for, I assume, the whole night. Like, I assume yeah. that's all she talks to. While they're dancing, she's always looking back at Emma, who's mm-hmm. really close to her and Elise are just, like, really in each other's business, like, really close talking to each other. The pregnant themselves. Lady. Yeah. Well, and they're both kind of like, like uh, Emma, you know, uh, connects connects eyes with, with Adele, and they're, like, they're kind of laughing. And yeah. It's weird, because they're both you know, they're both with someone else in a sort of intimate way, yeah. but the way Emma reacts is completely different to the way Adele Yeah, Emma seems completely okay, and and Adele really seems kind of wary, like, uncomfortable. That's what it looks like to me. Yeah, well, Adele reacts the way, you know, you would react if you saw your girlfriend there, like, you know, macking on someone else, kind of. I mean, they weren't they weren't kissing, but, you know, like, being very close to, like, yeah. laughing at me at fun time. And it was after, I think, the dinner that Adele asks if Lise was uh, Emma's ex-girlfriend. And she was, right? I don't think they, she answered it. But I'm sure. I mean, it's not an answer, but yeah. yeah. They, they know each other in an intimate way, at least. Somehow. Maybe that's how she conceived that child. Maybe. <laughs> but then it cuts back to... Children. School. Yeah, children. <laughs> and they're talking about the colors... And they're associating a color with each day of the week, insinuating that this blue period may be transitory. Did that's what I that's got. That's interesting. That. I didn't think about that. Okay, did she mess up? Like, like uh, Adele's kind of not really paying attention. Does she say blue for two days of the week, and then a kid tries to correct her, and she's not like paying attention or caring? Did I completely misinterpret that? I didn't pay attention or care to that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think because she says she does the days, and then she says blue Thursday, and then she says blue for Friday again, and then like a little kid's like trying to correct her, and she doesn't care. She's like not paying attention. Oh, I didn't even catch that. That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> if that happened, it yeah, seems I could, none of us are sure. Right, I could be misremembering. Uh, but yeah, and they also reference they reference Picasso a few times, who had yep. his infamous blue period. There's a lot of stuff uh, kind of suggesting that this may be a phase that Adele is going through. Which I don't. Um, I, I, I'm uh, I'm a simple man, and I, I I thought that the blue represented like this passion and this unknown like adulthood, but then it it's used in so many different contexts. So many different characters wear blue. I was trying to like nail down exactly what the blue meant. If you nail it down, then it loses its power. Oh, damn! There it is. It's everything. Blue is blue. Blue is uh, blue is everything. Yes. Well, wow. now you're nailing it down in a really vague way. I mean, blue is whatever. It's this certain je ne sais quoi. So Adele comes home, and Emma leaves a message for her, right? Mm-hmm. That she's working on a painting. Call if you need to. Yeah. So Adele decides to go out dancing. Yeah, her friend, her teacher friend, invited her. Yes. 
hang out with them and a few other people before. Well, it's implied that yeah, like the teach that her male friend has a crush on her colleague. They keep saying specifically saying colleague, and like she keeps denying like that. She she never goes out with him. But she's clearly becoming intimate with this dude. Uh, and then yeah, well, I think at the dance they both kiss, right? Yes. And, um, and that's the then, start of it. And it goes it goes back to their house where Adele is uh, there while Emma is arguing on the phone with someone about how she doesn't want to uh, change her paintings and that she, you know, wants to talk to the director himself of whatever gallery she's trying to get her stuff into, which uh, she may have been talking to. What's her name? Lise. Could have been. I didn't think about that until now. I thought yeah. that's who she was talking to. I thought they yeah, were talking okay. about that that art director, her friend. Yeah, that makes sense actually. And she's and she's completely ignoring Adele's repeated attempts to like ask her if she wants coffee. Yeah, like little things, like completely ignoring her. I mean, I think they make eye contact, but yeah, yeah. It seems like whether it's true or not, it seems like Emma is kind of. Uh, things are cooling off. It it seems like Emma is kind of distancing herself from Adele. And whether Emma actually is or she is just busy, it's clear that that's how Adele takes that. And the party like shows some distance. I mean, as soon as she loses the blue hair is when it's really like, oh, the magic's gone, I guess. Like every scene after that is, is, yeah. is, is the relationship is strained. Yep. After the blueness faded. I'm sick of blue stuff now. All right, so Adele, uh, she gets a ride home from her colleague, and they're kissing in the car. Uh, Right outside their house. That was a little. Yeah, no, not right outside the house because she gave him a fake address. Wait, I thought that was right outside the house. He did say the fake address thing. I forgot about that. Yeah, he gave her. She gave him the wrong address, and then she got out. And then she doubled back oh. and walked to the house. So how did Emma see them? Probably wasn't that far. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was on the other side of the street. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Still directly in front of their house. Yeah. So, yeah. It looked like a block away or something. Like Emma know. confronts her as, uh, you know, she kind of denies it at first. And eventually admits that uh, they'd done it two or three times. Yeah, after like a long thing. And Adele just keeps on lying to her. And Emma asks, why are you lying? And eventually when Adele or Emma tells Adele that she needs to leave, that's when she finally admits that she slept with him two or three times. Because she keeps lying. Yeah. That's when she tells the truth. And so, yeah, Emma kicks her ass out. Emma just, yeah, grabs some bags, starts throwing stuff, and then... And physically removes her from the premises. Yeah, yeah it, it gets physically... Like, it, it gets so insistent, she eventually, like, slaps she Adele does. because she will not leave. It's it's minutes go by. It's very realistic and very... Uh, yeah. Very scene. It was rough. You want to know why it's so realistic? Well, <laughs> let's because as Adele Exarchopoulos says, the director was yelling at Leah, hit her, hit her harder, hit her. That's great. And she said at one point, or they both said uh, at one point when Leah like shoved her out of the door, Adele like 
smacked her hand on the glass door in such a way that she cut her hand and was bleeding. And the director was like, keep going! Oh my god. <laughs> no wonder this film turned out so well with such a such a such a uh a director that was so willing to, you know, compromise for for his actors. I wish I knew that going into this now, like that the director was a complete asshole. <laughs> that you would have said, every shot looks like it was framed by an asshole. Right. Yes. This, this every shot of, did look like it was framed by an asshole. Smells of asshole. <laughs> every frame or most of the frames were of an asshole. That's that true. is something that is true, yeah. Contribute to the theme. Asses, assholes. Oh, I get it now. Mm-hmm. Blue I, asshole. I what? But after Adele gets kicked out of the house, we cut to children again. Yep, she walks down the street weeping and then hard cut to children. And then she... I think like all the children are leaving for the summer. Yeah. And then she yeah they're children. they're like finishing the uh, refined version of the dance that they were apparently working on when you first saw her working with the kids. Also, that dance and that song was like very similar to the steel drum that's playing when she first sees Emma at the very beginning of the film. Interesting. As like the same genre, just kind of like drum beats, vaguely tribal. So that's the that's the end of that uh, year. They. After everyone leaves, Adele starts crying because I believe that's one of the last things she had keeping her together. Also, she she um, she she goes to the bench where Emma um, and her would spend some time, where she and Emma would spend some time, and she was first sketched, and she is face down crying as leaves fall. Yeah, it's pretty. It's also, pretty beautiful. Also, it was uh, one of these times about here when she's when she's crying and smoking that I started thinking like, did smoking replace her eating and crying that she had when she was a kid? Well, and, I mean, you've got it. You've got a, I mean, that's an oral fixation yeah. that, that is also a penis. I don't know if that, if that ties into it too, which sometimes so far a cigarette's she's just a cigarette. Uh, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's a two tone penis. There you go. Sometimes it's spaghetti. Who knows? So, anyways, Adele uh, is mostly into lady penises, but well, well the vagina is the penis of the lady, I think. So then we cut to. It's very wise, Dylan. Thank you. What happened next? You see, also All that bench that, that bench that she's asleep on is not blue. Hmm. Oh. All right. So then she goes to. This is a. Uh, 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 she meets Emma. This is a while later. We're not exactly sure yeah. how much longer, I don't think. It's been at least four years. Three it's been a while. Years. Yeah. Well, um, we, we know it's been at least three years. Well, at least three years since the party, at the very least. Why do we know that? Because we learned that Emma's with Lise now. Okay. Well, we know and we, and her baby is born, I guess. Yeah, and, and we know that there's two kids at the house. And we know that the kid, one of the kids that was the younger one is three years old. Oh, and uh, also before she meets her in the restaurant, we see Adele looking like a, an older, grown-up, more mature teacher. Oh, yes, we do. She's oh, the hair, very right? teachery looking. Yeah, she changed her hair. The hair. Well, yeah. that was the whole thing. Like She was very self-conscious about her like greasy-ass, like fun hair um, towards the beginning of the film. And then I think after she breaks up with 
Emma, she she lets it down. Like she go, well, she goes um on a like a summer like beach trip with her class, and then she like gets in the water, and then she lets her hair down. It's very baptismal. Oh yeah, I completely like, forgot about that scene. And it was blue. The water was actually kind of green, but it was, yeah, know, she was blue. like just laying in the water. That was actually a really cool scene. I completely forgot about that. Green is the warmest color. But yes. Yeah. The, do you guys feel like um I, I'm just I don't know if it's true or not, but I feel like they showed fewer butts after like um when the relationship with South. Like I feel like the first half of the film, a lot of butts. Well, I, I think frame. after the second sex scene, it really calmed down. Yeah. Plus, well, I think he became less interested in the butts after she was older. We have to assume this is a real Lolita tale. It. T-A-L-I-L-T-A-I-L-L-E. I almost spelled tail correctly, but the wrong one. The dumb joke I was trying to make. Yeah, you fucked that up. Yeah, thank you. Leave the jokes to Logan, all right? Leave the jokes to me. Do it, Logan. Make a joke. Haha, <laughs> that's some awesome postmodernist jokes right there. It's really good. All right, so... <laughs> Adele and Emma meet in the restaurant. She's decided to meet up with her just to kind of talk, even though she's with uh, this other lady now. Yeah, at least now. Yeah. Who you and, met at the party. Um, Adele tries to eat Emma's hand. Yeah. It is really weird. After you learn that Emma has a family now, she says. Lisa and her two children. She says that's her family. And Adele asks her about the sex. And Emma says it's not like it was with you. So then... Adele starts, she grabs her hand, she starts, Emma's hand, she starts kissing it. Then she starts shoving Emma's fingers into her mouth. Yeah, she's just <laughs> shoving her hand down yeah. her throat. It she turns takes into a zombie film. Emma's hand and shoves it into her crotch. <laughs> and this is in a cafe. <laughs> that was just one of the craziest scenes in this film to me. I'm just well, like... to be fair though, Logan, it was in a cafe in france exactly what the... Logan, i've been to paris it was just nothing but lesbian couples doing that the whole time and in the really? mcdonald's the burger kings yeah and they start making out while standard french stuff emma has her hand like in adele's crotch <laughs> just making out in public in this cafe with a hand in her crotch it's just the weirdest scene. I feel like my best makeout sessions have been with someone's hand and someone's crotch, though. In public. Makes sense, yeah. In public. Also, Emma's, uh, the wall behind Emma is blue, and Adele is wearing a blue dress. Also, the way that it's lit, actually, Emma's, like, suit that she's wearing from the back looks blue, and from the front looks, the side that's facing Emma, uh, Adele looks very dark. It's kind of green, I thought, from the front. Yeah, it looks like a little... little Which kind of reminded me of... uh, Have you guys ever seen Punch Drunk Love? Yes. Pretty good film. If you didn't pay attention to, like, his his suit that he wears throughout the whole thing, just the lighting and how it affects his suit. Sometimes it looks very bright blue when he's, like, a doofus. And then when he turns into Rage Monster, (laughs) it's very dark. Also, his name's Barry. Blackberry, blueberry. Anyways, B R Y. I just always thought that was fun to watch. I, I never saw the movie because it was an Adam Sandler film, but then I finally, oh, really I good. finally saw who directed it. It's like by the, the PTA guy. And, hmm? 
PTA. Oh yeah, Paul Thomas W. S. Anderson. It's yes. Punisher Glove is pretty good. All right, yeah, I, let's talk about Punisher really Glove. Like and it's way shorter than this movie. Yeah, this movie <laughs> so is much really shorter. long. <laughs> Do you guys? Well, okay, well, how about the, well? Let's finish the movie first, and then we'll play a game. So, right. halfway through this crazy makeout section, uh, God, we're still in that. In this, it went on for final, a while. In yeah. this final sex scene in the yeah. cafe, Emma kind of breaks it off, saying that she can't do it because, assumingly, she doesn't want to cheat on Lise because she doesn't want to do that because she's not Adele. Yeah, yeah, that was her. Like that when they were fighting, when 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 Emma found out, she she just kept calling her a whore and a slut, and there was definitely like um like kind of threatened her sexuality because because it was specifically a man. Um, we didn't really yeah. address that, and like that Emma found that very threatening. Yeah, yeah, she did not like that at all. Because uh, so uh, they leave. Yeah, during this time, Emma tells Adele that she's not in love with her anymore. That she has but, forgiven her. But that yes, that she will um have was it eternal tenderness for yes. her? Yeah, and always will. And during this whole thing, she mentioned that she's having like a showing for art. So then we go to. To that. Also, uh, I I just kind of jotted down a thing that it was just kind of thrown in there that Adele is talking about working with kids and says that she really likes working. Um, that the ones with problems are her favorite. So it was interesting. <laughs> also reminds me. Um, I forget which character asked her if she wants to have kids, and she says that yes, she would like to have kids at some point. Adele's Who was the like, guy at the party? Okay. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I believe the next scene is the last scene where she shows up to the gallery, shows up to Emma's show. And a lot of the paintings, almost all the paintings are of various nude figures. Um, almost all of them have blue in them. And uh, she she meets back up with every, every one of uh, Emma's old friends. She remembers all of their names, which I was very impressed by. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then Logan can keep talking. I was going to let Matt cover this. And then Matt can go do it. Oh, I was trying to read this note that I made from something that happened in class right before this. With uh, They were like reading a poem that uh, something about the elephant's trunk. The kid's like, I don't have to bend down. Yeah, there's the no, chameleon. It's, uh, it's called No Need. Uh, no once. Need. The chameleon changes colors. No need to, to run. To run. First one, the elephant doesn't need to bend down to pick up the apple. What was it? Apricots? It doesn't matter. Pistachios. It was pistachios. I don't remember this at all. Yeah, the elephant doesn't need to bend down to pick up the pistachios. Uh, the, the giraffe doesn't need to go up to beat on the stars. Yeah, I don't the, remember. It's like the poet's poem. It, it says like it says thousands of things like uh, no need to understand or something yeah. like that. Anyways, I just thought that was interesting. I made a note of it. Uh, not a very good note, obviously. I don't have anything, any of it written. Uh, and she goes to the party or the uh, the gallery showing. She uh, she sees Emma. She talks to the lady that Emma's with now, and that lady points out one of the paintings of Adele is still in there and says, "Yeah, you're still here." And oh, that's Adele nice. says, yeah, that's good to know. And uh, the guy, the uh, the, the Arabic dude who the played actor. terrorists, yeah. 
who used to play terrorist. Now he's a realtor. He asks, oh, have you been to New York yet? And she says no. And she ends up leaving and walking down the street. And the last thing is that guy comes out. And looking looks for her. like he's looking for her. And then there's just the last shot of her walking away. Walking away the other direction, yeah. right? It's like he switches directions. He can't find her. I love that. That was a really cool way to end it. Uh, so, yeah, this movie was pretty good. Though, uh, I'm kind of terrified of this director and what he might do to his actors at some point. Yeah, I think I complained a lot about this film, but it's it's a good film. It's all right. It's, it's worth really the time, good. but it's really long. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized that the uh, the last scene actually um, is super classist. Like, um, like she she um, the guy that she had the best connection with, the actor guy, like finally really gave it in and like did the practical thing and became a businessman, like the most like bourgeois practical thing you can do to make money. And she finds that the most attractive because I, you know, she's from her lower middle class roots. That's what her family likes, so she subconsciously likes that. Whereas Emma just gets to be kind of a you know, an artist, um, you know, chasing a, a dream that's only possible if you have some money. Uh, and I don't know, I just thought that was interesting that like the guy that she liked the most, like stopped being an actor and is just a business guy now. And then she finds that maybe more appealing. And specifically a realtor instead of a terrorist who destroys, who destroys (laughs) real estate. Yes. There's also like it kind of, you know, uh, you're left not sure about Adele's sexuality and, you know, maybe she's bisexual. Maybe she is, you know, uh, sexuality is a continuum. It's fluid, which, you know, that's that's a fine way to end it. But I just wanted to point out in the graphic novel, it seems more clear that she is a lesbian. And at uh, early on, she never sleeps with that boy. She actually goes to kind of for the same reason and then kind of can't go through with it because she it just isn't interested in it. Yeah, I think and... I think that's I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you, you talk. You, you go. No, go ahead. Now. Hurry. <laughs> OK. Uh, 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 no, I, I think that. Um, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, it seems almost like weirdly anti like i can see why lesbians would have a problem with this because she starts off bored um she has a very passionate uh, relationship with a lesbian that awakens her sexually and then she kind of is done with that and then seems to kind of go with men afterward it it seems like the character at the end of the film that she would most identify with is a man so it it does seem like it's just some kind of like dalliance like like spring like a fling kind of a thing and and that that was weird now that i'm thinking about that that's a little yeah it's kind of rubbed me the wrong way yeah, there's there's just little things that are kind of hinting that that's the case, which yeah. and you say in the graphic novel it was definitely not the case. Like it's no, and actually that is a thing that Emma continuously um, to begin with. The reason why Emma doesn't want to get involved with her is because she thinks and tells her <laughs> more than once. Tells um, Clementine is what. Adele was named in the graphic novel. Emma tells her that she's not a lesbian. She's like, you, you're not a lesbian. Like you're going to get over this. And like, if I fall in love with you and then you get over it, I'm just going to look like a fool. And that's kind of, that's what she's, it seems like, uh, 
that's the thing that's keeping her from wanting to commit with that to that's not uh, even a question Clementine. The that's not even like she, Emma doesn't care at all about that. Right. Uh, like it doesn't come up really as far as I noticed. See, that's what makes this film. Now, now I feel gross because now I, <laughs> now I feel super voyeuristic and like the sex scene just feels completely unearned, disgusting. Mm-hmm. I don't like this movie anymore. I used to like it. Now I don't. It's just a gross man took it and did something gross. Made it all it. dirty. It's uh, what well, and the thing. Sorry, go ahead, Logan. I was gonna say, this movie, the, those sex scenes were kind of out there. I think the the seven minute one, but it is done pretty well. It's good acting. It's an interesting story, like exploring like a girl's Vagina. sexuality. <laughs> well, someone did that, <laughs> but exploring her awakening of sexuality and kind of her life. But I don't also don't think that she was really bisexual. I think she was a lesbian in this film, though she was attracted to the men's personalities. But I don't really think she was interested in them sexually, because the only one person she really had like an emotional connection with and decent sex with apparently was Emma. Yeah. Which, um, in the in the graphic novel, uh, you know, I told you why Emma is kind of doesn't want to commit to the relationship. Clementine doesn't want to commit to it basically just because she doesn't want to be gay to begin with. Like she's kind of her parents are, you know, she's around her parents like talking shit about watching the gay pride parade yeah. on TV and how it's gross. And I get that, um, movie. that definitely is a theme. Yeah, that's yeah. early on. That's definitely a theme. But the thing is, when um, Emma goes to stay over at Clementine's house and they have sex and then Emma goes downstairs to get some milk and Clementine's mother sees her like nude and they kind of realize that they were fucking and there's you don't get to hear the argument, but uh, they throw clementine out for being gay and uh it basically ends with if you leave with her you're not my daughter anymore thing then it skips ahead almost 10 years uh you just get glimpses of that 10 years of them living together and it's very clear that clementine is very repressed but emma is very out and proud and very uh active in the gay pride community and Clementine is more like, you know, this is pr- a private thing. We need to keep this to ourselves. And there is some discord between them because of that. Uh, it never shows Clementine messing around with guys. It's just suddenly at a certain point is clear something has happened. And then it becomes apparent that it happened with a guy. Like uh, to Emma, that was the thing that she feared the whole time that this was something that Clementine was going to grow out of is like, okay, well, fuck, this is the worst thing you could have done. Throws her out for being straight. Basically. I really got the feeling from the book that that she was so disturbed by her parents disowning her for her lesbianism that whatever she did with this guy was like kind of more of an attempt to try and, you know, like be normal. Whereas in the movie, like as soon as she gets with Emma, like none of that matters. Like it really doesn't matter at all. Yeah. About society things. So it sounds like Matt, the graphic novel was written by a lesbian and the movie was directed by a straight man. 
It's it's sort of almost sounds like that. Huh. Oh. Anyways, I the movie was very good. I overall liked the graphic novel more just because it felt like it had more heart. And did it feel truer, maybe? More authentic? Yeah, it was kind of heartbreaking too, because like I said, you know, right away, like before the story even starts, it's obvious that Clementine is dead. And I kind of wanted to cry throughout the entire book. <laughs> so she had like an untimely death then. Yeah. Like if her parents are still around. Yeah. Yikes, yeah, that definitely gets really tragic. Well, Logan, you said that like you really liked the story. Um, I feel like the story was like the most simple story ever when you boil it down. It's really just, you know, like girl meets girl. They fall, they have a great relationship and then things fall apart and then they move on. Like it almost had like the same plot as 500 Days of Summer. It, um, but you can... If you say something like that, you can make anything sound simple. I think I heard on a podcast that someone describes Star Wars as a movie about an older man who brings a younger man to a bar. So I guess you're right. Yeah, like <laughs> you can just break it down the most simplistic things and you can make anything sound like really lame and well, uninteresting. Uh, uh, okay, you're right. But I still don't think the story... Uh, I didn't think the story was particularly interesting. And by story, I mean the plot, I guess. Like the plot was very well, the plot... basic... Yeah, plot's basic, but... The, I just love the characters and how they yeah, interact the, with each other. Yeah, the story's the character interaction and how they get from point A to point B. And that's okay, I guess we just have, like, different interpretations of the word story, I suppose. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, uh, like, like, 2001, I love the story, but the characters weren't necessarily, like, you know, interesting. I don't know. I can't compare those two movies. Um, I got the feeling from the director... Chaotic was a word that was used a lot by people who worked on the film, that his process was very chaotic. And he seemed to take offense to that. Really? He didn't agree and like, oh, that's reasonable. That makes sense. Like he got angry about that, huh? Well, he, he argued that like, oh, if you want everything like rigid and planned out and not have room for art to happen, which I mean, obviously, it's very important if you're shooting a thing to have a plan, but it's very important to be open to new things developing because that can happen that an actor does something that makes you realize a whole possible different thing or you know maybe you write something on the day of a shoot that makes you go oh hey this opens up a whole new uh new thing here like it's very important to be able to be open to new possibilities and i feel like maybe this director is he realizes that but that's like all he is like he's that good side of directing. Maybe that's why he made this good movie. I've never seen any of his other movies, but I, I read one of them described as almost unwatchable. And just because it was so long or just so boring. Like... I'm not sure. I'll have to watch <laughs> it and get back to you. That's my pick of the week next week. <laughs> was there too much sex? I don't know. I... Uh, speaking of the sex scenes, um, how was reading the 30-page sex scenes in the book? That must have been kind of weird, right? Like, were you in a Starbucks when you, when you got to those parts? No, it was like a page or two, and it was, like, sweet. It was like, oh, it was mean, girl's what? vaginas in this other girl's mouth. Wasn't 10 Aww. pages? <laughs> Explicit sex. <laughs> I was imagining just, like, half the book. <laughs> it was 10 just, chapters. Yeah, just, like, this one section of the book, just, like, 10 pages, nothing but sex scenes. Maybe it's sealed off. You have to like physically like break the scene. The sex Those... scene in this really was just like out of out of nowhere, just stupid long. It really didn't need to be nearly as long. 
it does a good job because it sets up like their relationship, her sexual awakening, and it's right before the sandwich contrast between Emma's parents and Adele's parents, which is really cool. So, and they go long sex scene, short sex scene, shortest sex scene. Oh yeah. And it's, uh, it's tapering off. Yeah. yeah like how a lady can have more than one orgasm. <laughs> and how they taper off and get less convincing. <laughs> Wait, what? Exactly. We're all, seriously, though, we're all penises. I don't know. I couldn't put myself in the sex scenes. It, was, uh, it wasn't doing anything for me. Also, it wasn't uh, doing anything for me because I'm like, I'm just sitting there the whole time, like, she's 15. <laughs> what is I, wrong with you? I kept waiting was... for my parents to walk in, so I was really nervous. <laughs> It kind of um, doesn't really do that much for me just because I'm imagining those poor <laughs> actors getting yelled at. <laughs> that's the thing. If I watch this movie again, which I'm not because it's very long, uh, that's all I would be able to imagine is like all these sweet scenes, this like old French man screaming at them and like breaking things. Like that's, <laughs> It's kind of spoiling the film for me now that I know. <laughs> it is a good movie. I really enjoyed it. Who would you recommend this to? People who perverts. like art, <laughs> per- perverts, and people who like art. Okay, like I would uh, just I give a very specific time code because it is subtitled. It's very slow, and there are some explicit scenes in this. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, I kind it's not of for everyone. I wouldn't even feel comfortable recommending this to anyone who's listening to this without yeah. watching it because <laughs> it's too explicit for me to tell you to watch it. I may be legally <laughs> held accountable somehow right. for you being scandalized by this. So, Dylan, do you think people should watch it? Um, I can't speak for anyone else. I mean, I'm glad that I watched this movie. I'm, I'm glad that I saw it. It, it. it had a very rich world and very realistic characters. Uh, I just don't know. I'm just trying to, like, I wouldn't really want to watch this on a date. Uh, it's just such a time. Like, you tell when you tell someone, like, oh, let's watch this great movie. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, it's three hours long. Everyone is instantly disinterested. Like, as soon yeah. as you say, no one wants to watch a three-hour movie. But I don't know. I, I really didn't feel its length, which I guess is the best thing you can say about a three-fucking-hour film. I totally did. I had to watch this in two different sittings well well, Logan, you're you're a millennial who can't um pay attention for many things at once for too long well dylan uh, apparently earlier said he had to pause it multiple times right yeah oh yeah i had to you know to really i had a lot of stuff going on in my house you know a lot of things i had to do um during the sex scenes you know i had to stand up Stretch, stretch your legs. Stretch my legs. Um, eat some oysters, maybe some spaghetti. Just oyster spaghetti the whole whole way down. Stretch your wiener out. Stretch my spaghetti's out. It's uh, <laughs> pretty great. But yeah, I, I I think this is a great film. I feel like I can't not say it's great. Besides, well, it's good. Trim- it's really cuts, interesting. Yeah, definitely. Besides trimming the sex scene, um, what would you guys cut out of the film? Well, uh, I actually I was about to say that's something that really bugs me about most movies nowadays is how they're way too long. And this it didn't kill me how long it was, you know, like a lot of movies do where I'm like, just get this over with. Having said that, you could have cut a lot out of this movie. Yeah. Like this could have been a lot shorter. There is really redundancy started... also. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's that's. I want to go back to something Matt said about how a lot of movies feel super long, and to me, I take that as like, uh, for example, I hated the news, the newest Star Trek Into Darkness, 
Uh, that was a movie that felt way too long, but was also incredibly incoherent. Like, there was never a scene where you could catch your breath. It was just, like, super, like, annoyingly fast-paced, but it also it felt... You know, it was in my face. It had some serious attitude. Uh, it had its arms folded, a backwards hat on. But, uh, yeah, no, it's... Like, that movie was incoherent and ridiculous, and it still felt super boring, whereas this movie was very slowly paced, and I was never bored. So... I agree. And with it was that double that. the length of that. <laughs> that film. Yeah. I never saw Holy. Star Trek in the Darkness, so I can't comment on that. But well, Holy hey, guess crap. what we're watching next week? <laughs> Computer Beach Party? Computer Beach Into Darkness. That movie will probably feel way too long, even though it's 50 minutes long. Yeah. That would be a great contrast, actually. <laughs> Holy crap. I watched recently um, the uh, Baz Luhrmann Great Gatsby. Is that the 70s one or the new one? Yeah, that's the new one. Okay. Oh, boy. Like at the point where I'm like, is this thing almost over? It really needs to be over soon. I checked. There was over an hour left. <laughs> I'm so mad. Uh, this film won the Palme d'Or. Yes. And uh, the jury, which included Steven Spielberg, Nicole Kidman, and Ang Lee, and Christian Mingle. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris John Ming Mingle. Of course, yeah. ChristianMingle.com. ChristianMingle.com. <laughs> this jury uh, made the unprecedented decision to award it to the director and the two lead actors. Wow. I thought I saw the the picture, like had the producer, and then the two lead actors accepting the award. What did the producer do- look like? Did he look like the director? A little bit, actually. <laughs> All <laughs> right, then you're racist against French people. <laughs> they all look the same. Uh, no, this is this is definitely a word bait. Like, I, I'm sure it's Metacritic is like 98 percent or something. Like, this is very 88. It's a good film. Yeah, I do feel like that was the right choice, though. Like, kind of giving it to just that guy without the poor, very good actresses that he screamed at the whole time would be kind of weird. I just can't believe like has has there really been no other movie that's that's merited those two awards? That's kind of insane. Like this is the one that changed that. It wasn't that they won the the film won and the actors won because uh, apparently in Cannes, if somebody wins for best actor, the same movie can't win. Like, okay, hmm. Yeah, but oh, so they, it's like a, it's like a rule. It's like an established thing. Okay. Yeah, so they awarded. Oh. Uh, they did not win for best actors. They won the Palme d'Or. They, <laughs> the jury elected oh! to include them in that award. Yeah. That's okay. That's even crazier. Then all right. Yeah. Like they won. It's like winning best film, but also the directors, the actors, won and the they best said, film. "Hey, the actors should win this best film, even though they I, weren't producers. They deserve it, definitely." Hey guys, now I think we have a pretty good idea of how we all feel about this movie. What are some other movies you guys have seen recently and how do you feel about them? Logan? Okay, going me first. Matt? Uh, Boz Lerman's Great Gatsby was horrible. I saw Jodorowsky's Dune on Friday last week. It's pretty good. It's really interesting. When he's talking about the spiritual warriors he assembled, like all the artists that he assembled to make this movie. And it's actually kind of cool that this movie never got made. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that cool? It sounds crazy. Well, because... that's one of those things, though. 
like sometimes a lost movie can be greater than it ever really could have been if it had been made. Yeah, the movie would have been like 14 hours long and Jodorowsky would not have compromised at all on the length, whatever. But what they were able to do is a lot of the cool things they were going to do in this film, a lot of the creative people worked on other films together and used ideas from this film that they were going to make on other films. Like there might not have been a Blade Runner. There might not have been an alien film. Like one of the things from Star Wars, like the lightsaber scene with the Obi-Wan and Darth Vader was kind of inspired by storyboards from this film as well. So this film has this film that didn't get made probably had a bigger impact on what we now know in media. That's fascinating. I had no, I've never heard of this until. Yeah, it's a really cool film. If you have it available, it's worth checking out. It's really neat. And I kind of want to check out Jodorowsky's other films now. Because I, I want to see El Topo, because it looks crazy. And Holy Mountain apparently is insane. Very mind-bending. And from what I've heard, uh, Jodorowsky's... After this film, after he wasn't able to get Dune made, he started writing comic books. Like, with taking some ideas from the storyboards for Dune. That's a big step down. Yeah. But he was able to do create his own universe, kind of. Jodoverse, or whatever, from what I've been told. But I heard they look really cool. I'm really interested. I'm probably going to start reading some of those. A friend's going to loan me one. Nice. But that's a movie really worth checking out. Did the spice flow? What happened with the spice? What was the spice status? Well, you should go watch the movie and find out. All right. That's interesting, both of you guys. Uh, let's see. You've listened to this podcast um, however long it is. I'm guessing multiple hours. Um, obviously, you like French things, right? You like erotic things. You like good stories. Um, but more importantly, in French, I'm watching a show. I just finished a show called The Returned. Uh, the premise is a super, it's it's a really unoriginal premise where um, you're in this tiny French town in the Alps. And, um, oh my God, like people's dead relatives come back to life. It sounds dumb, but it's actually super smart. Like it doesn't tell you, it, it shows you and it doesn't tell you. And in the first episode, there is a, a, an underage sex scene. So, uh, if you're a fan of that, if that's what spoke to you in this film, maybe you should watch The Returned. Well, Seriously, though, it's a really, really good show. Hey, you guys. Um, Kevin couldn't be here for this episode, but he uh, uh, wrote a statement here that he wanted me to read uh, for him. Great. <clears throat> By the time you read this, my grand works will have come to fruition. I may have been captured by the authorities, or perhaps even killed. This does not diminish my accomplishments. It only emphasizes the severity of my achievements. The world will study what I have done for generations and marvel. The deserved will see my truth and understand, while the weak will tremble and fall in the wake of this new age I have forged. Signed, Kevin. So I don't know what that means. I hope it's not doing another podcast. Sounds like it might be. Oh, man. Cool. Yeah, uh, you guys got any plugs? <laughs> well, uh, you know, so we like to thank our sponsor, Stamps.com. All right. All right. Uh, follow me on Twitter. Don't find me on Facebook, please. Don't find them in the street either. Well, if you find me, it's at least to help me out. But, you know, <laughs> don't find me on Facebook. Stay away from my Facebook. Yeah, me either.
It's not on the Facebook. Follow Matt's Twitter, and he's Matt's got a pretty funny website called DepressingScience.com. It is pretty oh, funny. Thank you, Dylan. Problem, pal. Click the yeah, Amazon kind of... link. <laughs> yes, <laughs> buy stuff through that. I'll get a tiny amount of money eventually. Join us next time when we'll be talking about computers <laughs> and computer beach parties. Listen, if you thought this movie was erotic, just wait until you see the eroticism of 1980s computer technology. Oh, boy. Your junk is going to fall off. All right, because so the heavy computers of the 80s crushed it. I think we should say, I'm Logan and good night. And you guys can say good night to you if you like. I'm so. Logan and good night. I'm Dylan uh, and good night. No, Yay. wait, I'm Matt. Follow me on Twitter. Bye. Bye. Dude, good evening. He's listening again. He's Hi. Like- Next week, we talk about the Ty West movie, The Sacrament. You got a lot to say about that. Uh, you can check out Hey Let's Talk About That Movie or Whatever on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Hlutatmau. And I realized that I told you to follow me on Twitter, but I failed to give out my personal Twitter handle. And finally, thanks for listening. Bye. Oh! <laughs>